Good afternoon, listeners. We are back with episode eight of the Allure DJs podcast. We're doing things a little differently this week. Uh, well, first, let's let's introduce Sahil. What's up, guys? Sahil's here. Uh, we don't have Hate or Shaylin here this week, but we have a new guest. And um, I actually want to say that this is really proof that Allure DJs will give a voice to anyone who annoys us enough. Um, and if you if you do oh that, God. if you if you pester us on a weekly basis, we will give you your voice. So, Mayor, without further ado, please introduce yourself to the audience. Yo, yo, what's up, man? <sighs> on Sundays with Allure, we discuss the hard-hitting topics that saturate the music industry. From the perspective of a DJ company, we analyze the way music impacts culture and society. Let's get it poppin'. Yep. So, first and foremost, happy Memorial Day to everyone this weekend. Nice long weekend, so I hope everyone's getting some good... Shout out to the veterans, we appreciate it. For sure. So, uh, we're going to talk about Drake first? Yes, we are. Okay. Another veteran in the game. Oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of. Uh, actually, it's been a, this whole battle, really. This, so, we're going to talk about the Duppy Freestyle, by the way. Um, it I'll is drop a, the link. Yeah. For um, sure. It is a, uh, it's a response to Pusha T, um, another veteran in the game, good music president. Uh, essentially, it's kind of just like a little lyrical back and forth going, which is, which is surprising, just because... Pusha T is kind of in the background most of the time, in my opinion. Like, he drops an album every now and then, but for the most part, he kind of orchestrates. He's like a puppet master. And then Drake, on the other hand, um, he gets in a beef every now and then, but you never really see him. Like, he'll throw a subliminal shot every now and then, but you never see him dedicate a whole song. I, to I realized a his, his version of beef is just like flexing back and forth. It's not like, it's not beef, beef, where they like actually have some serious problems. It's, it's all in like, it's all in good competition just mm -hmm. to kind of stir up a little bit of. A little bit of talk in the Instagram comments and to just like hype up basically everyone's music because obviously he realizes that starting like you know fake beef with anyone is really just promoting both of them that's all it comes down to like the whole Meek Mill thing you know all that yeah. all that good stuff definitely so I mean yeah I really like this freestyle it's worth listening to I think if you are an old Drake fan a new Drake fan whatever it is I think you'll be able to appreciate it from like a standard consumer perspective and also like if you're seriously into like hip-hop yeah so I I think it can be taken either way. Mayor, that's it. Um, me personally, I like the you know I like the verse. Um, I like what he's talking about, and I think it's a response to when Pusha T you know responded to him. I think he's taking shots back at Drake when he was talking and more life. You know when he says the the verse, uh, "Dust him down with a pen, it's a sweep." I mm -hmm. think that's what Pusha T was responding to. You know, like Drake not writing his own verses and whatnot, mm -hmm. but. To me, the biggest thing I like about with this is, um, you know, Drake is addressing what Pusha T was saying uh, in an interview with, uh, you know, with Breakfast Club, saying that um, Pusha T said that Drake makes good music. Like, their style of music is different, whereas in Pusha T, you know, he's a lyrical, like, that's what he focused on. He focused on his lyrics and writing his own stuff, where Drake is more of a, a mastermind type of stuff. He likes building things together, piecing things together. And, and I think Drake does that really well in this song, where he uses the beat and at the end. I don't know if you realized, but... To me, it's like a soft, mellow beat. It's like, yo, I, I, I just took shots at you, and you're basically, you know, rest in peace type of beat mm -hmm. to me. It was Drake and style. It's like, you know, it's very Drake-esque. And yeah. even in their interview, you know, they're like, they talk to Pusha T, like, oh, are you ready for uh, a back-to-back -back type of diss track coming at your way? And Pusha T's like, yo, bring it, right? Like, I'm ready for this. And, you know, I think it's it's foreshadowing for some good more, more good music to come. And yeah. things going to go back and forth for a while. 
I and hope actually, I'm hoping, and I'm hoping honestly, I'm hoping Pusha T comes with like, because I know what he's capable of. I've I've heard his discography, and he he can really write bars, man. He's really he's a good writer, and so and I the diss that he had on the album was okay. Um, I'm not. I think the whole Quentin Miller ghostwriter thing is kind of a little overdone now because, you know, Meek Mill went and talked about it and then Joe Budden talked about it for like four different songs. And so I feel like there's a definitely a different take you can take on this now and I hope that Pusha T has more in the vault and it's not just like, oh, I made this song and then I'm just going to go back into good music and, you know, move on from this. I'm hoping he, you know, fires back again. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the goal, right? That's the goal with this whole thing to kind of give both of them a chance to... Um... Go th- give both of them a chance to shine a little bit. I don't think Drake needs it anymore, but... Uh, what does Drake really need now? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just what... Ah, he, Drake does what he wants at See, this point. The one thing... I like, I just don't think anyone's going to get sick of Drake because he continues to cater to every audience in like to his best, and he continues to put out new music at the same pace that people are putting out music now. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this last night, how yeah. the rate at which you can put out music is so fast now because... You have platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, and etc. You can get your music live to thousands of people if you're a big artist, like instantly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you can do that now, he's able to keep up with his competition, which is not just like his the competition that he's always had, but the new artists that are coming up on like a weekly, monthly basis out of yeah. out of like small towns. He's able to just stay on the forefront no matter who it is. So I, you know, going against Pusha T is a great way to go. I will say one thing. I do. Uh... I do appreciate what Drake's doing here um, because I think a lot of this, because hip hop was really built on this competition, you know, this idea that you want to top each other and be the best in the game. And that's kind of lost a little bit now where they say, oh, like we would rather, Cole and Kendrick, for example, two of the top figures, they're friends and they really appreciate each other and things like that. And so it's not as competition driven as it used to be. And I really personally, as like a pure hip hop fan, really, really like that about hip hop. I like the competition. I like the lyrical sparring going back and forth. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like this freestyle really, if you're into Drake, whether you're new or old, it just it, it'll fit because if you're really into hip hop, it's like it's really great to see that he is interacting with another artist and not just being all buddy buddy. Yeah. But a little healthy competition. And also obviously the bars were great, so they were. Honestly, I was a little shocked because uh I'm on record saying multiple times that I'm not a big fan of Drake's uh, pen game, but he kind of had it on this one. I'm not going to lie. He's not like, he doesn't have a lot of depth to his music, I would say, Mm -hmm. but he's clever. I'll I'll just leave it at that. He can be some, like, I know there was points on this where he can be really clever. And like, I think he does the boss talk pretty well. Like he can, he can kind of flex and, but he does it still a little clever. Like he's got, I mean, I don't think he's anywhere on the same playing field as Jay-Z as far as a writer goes, no. but I do think that that one aspect of it where it's like taking, you know, you're, you're rich and you're, you're flexing and like not making it cheesy, finding different ways to kind of incorporate that while still being clever and, you know, staying true to lyricism. So what do you think about that, Mayor? What do you think about the competition aspect of it? Um, me personally, I've missed this in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, I was, I love lyrics and stuff like that. And like, you know, this is what true hip hop culture is, right? It's, this friendly competition, everyone thinks, you know, hip hop has a dark side and, you know, it's not it, that's meant where it for came everyone. From. It, it yeah. comes from that, but, right? But you have to understand that this competition is what drives the music industry, right? And yeah. you want this, this type of competition is, you know, I've been, I'm excited to, for what's to come. And another big thing is, you know, the incorporation of social media on all fronts, right? Into oh, this, yeah. this type of stuff. And, you know, if you read the last, uh, if you listen to the last, the, few lines of uh this freestyle 
you know, Draco's, I'm gonna send you an invoice, right? To go yeah. music. And Nigga. look, if you check Instagram a few hours later, man, it's, it's there. There's he a picture of an invoice, invoice for 100K <laughs> to go music. And, you know, Pusha T responds, you know, like, yo, bring it, man. I'm ready for this. And I, I want to see where this goes, man. This is really, really interesting, really exciting. And I'm, uh, I'm interested to think what you guys think about, like, the evolution of, um, of, uh, hip, of diss tracks. You know what I mean? Because people, and I see this now, the people who maybe not, they may not, may not be very familiar with old diss tracks, they see this and they're like, Oh my God! He said he had a ghostwriter. Oh my God! He said that he only oh, talks yeah. about drugs. But then you, you go like, listen. Imagine if social media was big when Nas dropped Ether. And yeah, just, yeah. And he's Lord. like, "You look like a fucking camel." Like he's just like just roasting every fiber of his being and like just not just not holding back yeah. at all. Like that shit would have been incredible right now. That's why I'm saying like this is. There's not a lot of depth and there's not a lot of like aggressiveness. It's yeah. just they're just being clever at each other. Yeah. Like witty back and forth, which is fine. It just it 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 like fuels the game a little bit. Probably probably because they don't actually hate each other. Whereas Nas and Jay Z for that period of time fucking hated each other. <laughs> Nas and Jay Z hate each other. And a lot of people said that about Tupac and Big. They didn't hate each other. They were just like they were just like F you, F you. But like at the end of the day uh, they're to both to be fair. I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but that's how, that's how you do it. Yeah, but that, the, the, like you said, the style of diss rap is different. Like yeah. people don't say that anymore. I know. But I'm saying they they were not afraid to be aggressive. But when they like pulled up on each other, they'd be like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, like, yeah. So mutual respect. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's you know. On that evolved. note, mutual respect. Perfect segue into J Cole and Lil Pump. Oh yeah. Uh, so there was an interview that dropped recently. Um, it was uh, it was from Rolling Loud, the the music festival. Mm. So J Cole and Lil Pump met that met there, and they decided to actually sit down and talk to each other for about 40, 45 minutes or so. I know Mayor had a chance to check out the interview as well. We'll talk about it a little bit more, and you'll get the gist of it. It's not that um, it's yeah, not that yeah. Hard. But essentially, it's to me what I saw. It was just J Cole sitting there and trying to bridge a generational gap and kind of not not give him advice, but to just kind of understand why he is the way he is. And not to say it's a negative thing, not to say it's a positive thing, but just why are you like you are and here's why I am like I am. And I thought it was a really, really, really in interesting interview. So what do you think, Mayor? Um, to me, I, I learned a lot that I didn't know uh, personally. For me, when I listen to Lil Pump music, it's like, dude, this guy's saying one word and <laughs> he's making money, dude. This kid, and you know, J. Cole addresses this. This kid is smart, right? Yeah. If you're, this kid is 17 years old and he has an $8 million deal, yeah. right? Imagine when you were 17 and you had $8 million, what would you be doing with $8 million? <laughs> yeah. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. But then his background story is, you know, it sheds a light on what hip hop culture is, right? It's, there's so many things that play a role into you becoming a hip hop artist. And one of the biggest things that think that, shook me and hit me hard was when j cole um his jaw dropped when lil pump told him that you know i started making music about a year ago yeah right yeah. lil pump is this guy he's 17 years old and in one year he is dude he's one of the most popular kids on the block like i'm not joking mm -hmm. and you go anywhere you go to high school you go to college campuses and whatnot and you see people like bump into his songs his lyrics and they know everything yeah and for me, it's like um, the biggest thing that I got away from this was um, J. Cole talks about this huge cultural divide, right? Mm -hmm. And what he, I think he realizes, and you could see it during the interview is, and he even says it, that in that moment, he realizes that, you know, there's a different type of hip hop that's on the come up. And 
uh, even Pusha T, you know, he addressed this in his interview with, um, uh, what do you call it, with The Breakfast Club, that, you know, hip-hop is evolving, but for us, like, hip-hop artists, right, mm -hmm. uh, not me, but the guys who, like, run the game mm -hmm. and the guys who are, like, veterans in the game, like, they have to understand that it's different from what they want and they feel hurt because it's not what their hip-hop is, right? Yeah. But this evolution, you have to accept it, and I think it's... For us, we, you know, we always talk about, you know, we don't like this type of new music that's coming out and it's really different from what we're used to. But, you know, that's just the way things is. I think change happens and I think it might be for the better, it might be for the worse, but we have to give them an opportunity and see where it takes us. Definitely. No, I, um, actually, you know, Saha, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, this is a consistent debate in hip hop. It's never going to get old, uh, old head versus new heads. It's, it's, uh, it's always been there and it happens at every generation. Now, the thing is, if you, uh, there's, you know, Snoop Dogg's make, been making his rounds recently yep. to all, like, the, um, to all, like, the morning shows, the interviews, and blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, he recently talked to both The Breakfast Club, Ebro, all, like, all of them, and the general consensus he said was, when it, because obviously, with a veteran like him, they're going to ask him, what do you think about these new rappers? Where do you think this is going? And his response is, it's our fault that we grew up, like, so him being, like, him corrupt um like his whole crew like that, that whole generation of rappers like the 90s rappers mm -hmm. they learned from like the actual forefathers of like hip-hop yeah and so they were taught how to pass on the culture of hip-hop how to present how, how to like how, how the culture works mm -hmm. and what they did is they learned and they ran with it and they became legends themselves but what they failed to do was teach on teach the generation after them, and so they're like, what is what's the new generation of like music's gonna continue? That's not gonna stop. So what choice do they have? Like the people, not even our age, like just this generation of rappers. What choice do they have but to invent their own like culture because they were never taught any better? Absolutely. Which is why there's a larger group of old heads because it's not just the past generation, but it's the generation before that. They all did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then these kids had no choice but to like pave their own way. Yeah. And at the same time, all these older heads are attacking them. Like, oh, what did you do to hip hop? What did you do to hip hop? Be like, we don't know what you're talking about. We yeah. don't. We've never heard of that stuff. And they're like, saying, yeah. And a lot of them even say, like, dude, I'm not even hit. Like, I'm not even a rapper. Like, I'm a. I make. I make trap music. I mean, some of them call themselves rock stars. Like, and people say that, oh, like that's a bad thing. Like, you should be. You're ashamed of your culture. Because like, I no, know I'm not. Like, I'm just different from you guys. That's all. <laughs> I know. I know. Ray Sherman looks at themselves as rock stars. Like they yeah, have that so Uzi. Yeah, and Uzi. So it's like, I know it. People feel disrespected, but it's like, what do you expect if you yeah. didn't teach them? That's like, that's like having a kid and just being like, figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's basically what they did. And so that's why Snoop's like now he's doing his best to work with the new generation, with younger artists, and just try to help them mesh into the older culture. So it's like a smoother <clears throat> a smoother transition into the new era of music. That's actually why I think Cole is such an important figure right now. He's doing the same thing. He's and, and the other thing is him and guys like Snoop Dogg, they're the only mm -hmm. ones, in my opinion, who are taking the right approach to this. If you're somebody who really does want to make a difference and you're somebody who really does want to um, light, lighten the path for people who may not you know, who may not know how to how to live their lives as, as well as you do. You're older. Like, Cole knows that. I'm smarter than these people. And that's fine because you're experienced. You've been through more. But the point is that he doesn't sit there and say what you're doing is wrong because that's how people reject you. 
as soon as you start to give advice and uh, act like you're holier than thou and you know you know more than that, that's when they're going to start rejecting you immediately. And so Cole does the exact opposite of that and says, "I fuck with you. I think you're smart. I just want to find out more about you." And that's a flawless approach, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's doing his best to understand them as, and he's trying to get them to understand him too. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's approaching it pretty maturely. And on a comical note, on that same interview with Snoop Dogg, uh, they asked him, you know, what do you, if like, you know, Tupac was around right now, you know, where do you think he would be? Do you think he'd be right next to you trying to teach the new kids? Or, you know, would he have just merged into whatever music is now? And he's like, no, no way. Anyone yeah. from that era, he's like Biggie and Tupac, both, if they were here right now, they would be doing what I'm doing. No, for sure. I think so. I think so too. I think there were guys who, again, just, they see more, in my opinion, these guys, um, they care. Like I, I think Kendrick sees more on like a political front. I think he's very in depth in that case. I think Drake has found his niche in terms of just providing the masses with you know what I, the sound is. I'm still just a little hesitant to put Drake into this category of all knowing beings. I don't think he. I is. don't think he. Well, see, the thing is, I think he is in a very different sense. I I like I can't personally. I can't group him with like Kendrick and say he's on that same wavelength. Because he's kind of not doing his job of teaching. He's kind of just rolling with the wave. But that's his thing. I don't think his job is to teach. I don't think everyone's job is to teach. I just think that he's all-knowing in, in a much different sense. I think he, he just understands where the culture's at, where the sound's at, and he kind of pushes it forward in a very positive sense for the most part. And like for example, and it, it also, like the W Freestyle, for example, right? Like He is somebody who likes the new wave, but he also remembers what the old wave is. And he's kind of merging those and in I, a very literal sense. And I think also because of his passive standpoint on this whole de- like this whole debate, meaning he's not taking sides with the old heads or new heads, I think mm-hmm. that's also benefiting him and his audience. So yeah. I think it might also just be a smart move on his part to stay out of the debate altogether be, yeah. and just roll with what's going. I do agree, too, that skill-wise and just overall, like... Um, impact in terms of you know helping the young the youth or helping the like the society i don't think he's in the same level as cole and kendrick i will say that drake is he's a tier below i mean but then again he's never made an effort to be that ever in his life however Gar- we're still talking about the best of the best though like so exactly we, yeah. so it's it doesn't matter he's still he's still in um one of the mm-hmm. top in the game just i don't think he's necessarily on the same level but regardless you know yeah you guys want to you guys want to smooth into this push a t album real quick yeah 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 sure Let's do that. Uh, I guess I'll start this off. Um, seven tracks, quick intro. There's seven tracks. There's only two features on there. We got Rick Ross and we got Kanye. Um, and uh, Kanye executive produced the entire album. And nobody cares anymore. <laughs> I do because that shit is hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but just like... That production is crazy, dude. I know Kanye's a little crazy right now, but his production is still on point. Actually, I honestly think he's surpassed crazy. I just feel like every time... Like, there was all this hype between when he was talking about all these new albums he's going to be working on. And now this whole, like, political drama happened. And kind of every time Kanye opens his mouth now, everyone just rolls their eyes. Yeah. Because nobody even wants to deal with his drama. It's, like, it's not even worth, like, front page of the news anymore. I, it's just annoying. I also think the only, like, but I, it's good, though, because like, the, then you, when I heard the music, it just kind of reminded me, like, okay, this guy he's is not completely insane. Fu- incredible. Yeah, like, he knows if he just shuts the fuck up and goes back to making music again, that's, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> what do you think, man? Um, me, personally, I'm a huge Kanye fan. I think it stems from my level of annoyingness, honestly. <laughs> um, but, you know, Kanye has his moments, but you know, this album is amazing. I love it. Uh, the beats on this album are insane, and... Me personally, 
um, my favorite song, you know, is Hard Piano with Rick Ross. And, you know, Pusha T talks about it in his uh, interview. He's like, you had two features, one with Kanye, one with Rick, and why Rick out of all people? And I think it's the trust that he has in Rick, right? He, he says it there, right there and then. He says that, you know, I can send him my, my label or, like, my uh, record and he'll come back to me and I know he's going to pour it out into it and mm-hmm. give me something that's going to fit well into my entire project. And I think a lot of people might be disappointed in your seven songs. Like, really, let's be honest. Like, you took all this time. You took two years, three years to release an album and you gave us seven songs. Like, are you kidding, right? And I think these seven songs don't disappoint one bit. Like, they don't fall short of what's what was expected. I, I actually think, um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I know I know you agree, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, I would much rather get seven good songs from a person than 25 decent ones with, like, some sprinkled, you know, like, cause obviously, if you drop 25 songs, there's going to be some quality sprinkled in there. But seven songs that are actually really good is unheard of nowadays you very rarely get seven songs on an album that J. you can cole. listen to yeah cole kendrick will get them drake might get that but that's it it's not it's not a common thing and i uh and i like that whole um idea of your favorite song so i will put mine out there as well uh comeback baby that was my shit dude i, I love how like they he changes it up so many times where it's kind of that guy singing in the middle and then the beat completely switches. It's just the chorus is almost like its own song and then he goes into his verses which sound completely different but they're so hard. I love it. I love that song. Personally, I kind of want a bit more of an opinion on this. I heard the first couple songs with you the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to listen all the way through so I don't have a favorite yet but mm-hmm. I need to I need to listen to it thoroughly after this and just get up to speed. But from the first uh, two or three songs that we listened to, way better than i was like i was expecting something good especially because you were hyping it up but after i heard it it, it fully satisfied my confidence in push t sahil was doubting push a little bit before that was like, i was no, i'm I was. telling you bro i'm telling yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah he's coming with it this time i was like oh, i don't know if he's i don't know if he's like gonna have something good anymore like yeah. i was just like i don't think it's gonna appeal to anyone but it's worth it when i saw i mean honestly that executive producer i mean again i just i have so much faith in kanye's ability to produce that I just thought it was going to be great. And I've always liked Pusha. People say that he talks about cocaine too much. But you know what, man? Like, that's what he lived. That was his life. He did it for a very long time. And he probably knows a lot about it. And so that's what he talks about. I'm cool with it. As long as you're sprinkling it in bars and not just being like, I fucking sold cocaine and that's it. But that's not what he does. He actually, he's a writer. So I really loved it. It was good. Yeah, from like a... From an artist perspective, definitely good. Mm-hmm. But wh- where do you think he falls into this this thing we were just talking about, though? Into this whole hierarchy? Yeah, of like of uh, and divide between like the new and the old rappers. Like, where do you think he falls? Because he's a little different than some obviously some of the mainstream rappers, and definitely he's not underground at all. No. So, I, I just where does he fall? I'm I'm not sure where to put him. I guess that's why maybe my expectations were a little different. I I actually think pushes like it's so crazy because. I really think he's in his own space, kind of, in the in the sense that, because I, I heard a lot about how people were saying, like, Pusha, don't go with Drake, he's going to kill you, he's going to end your career, he's going to, I'm like, no, no, he's no, not no. going to end anyone's, I mean, he'll end maybe someone's career, but it's not going to be Pusha T's, Pusha T's been doing this for a long time, and on top of that, he's been doing it his own way, and so... Uh, but but to branch off of that, that's actually why I think his foothold in the game is so different. Because one, he's the president of good music, so that's his job, right? That's what he does on a regular basis, and he's influencing one of the biggest labels in the entire world. 
And I mean, in, in the hip hop game, at least. And so when he drops music, it's just like, it's almost like he's giving us a little extra. Like, hey, oh, good, Pusha T's dropping some music. You know what I mean? And that's why I don't really think, I don't even put him in a category of, I mean, I do think he's on the old side, but yes, I think he can do whatever he wants just because of this, the space he's in right now. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of my opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know a little bit more about him than I do, which yeah. is why um, maybe that's why, like I said, maybe my expectations weren't mm-hmm. just in the same place. But I mean, I'm impressed with what I heard so far. So Are you, I'm a, gonna... you a Clips fan? You listen to Clips at all? Uh, heard it. No. If no. not, I suggest it. Clips no, I don't. is uh, incredible. Pusha T was one half of Clips um, until he uh, became a solo artist. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I, I don't listen. I don't listen to mm-hmm. it, but. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah. Uh, you got any opinions on this? Anyone, anyone else want to say anything? Um, well, besides me, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, Instagram post. You know, with mm-hmm. social media has been, you know, changing the game. But uh, Diddy came out with a little handwritten note for Pusha T. Uh, I can just read it for you real quick. He says, do. a flawless hip-hop gem, classic but current, in real time, a true classic. And signed it right in the bottom. Hashtag King Push. Hashtag Daytona the album. Yeah. And to me, it's like you know, it's great that you know you have hip hop artists, you know, acknowledging what Pusha T is. Yo, getting and, that from Diddy is no joke. It really yeah, is. That's and, no joke. <laughs> uh, for me, it's like you know, he's a modern day masterpiece, right? Something that had, and to me, when I listen to, it, you know, it's it's a blend of what the old was. You know, that that whole beat hitting hard um, with that you know, working fine tuning. That's like the Kanye that comes out on the album, mm-hmm. right? It's that you spend countless amounts of hours of just putting and working and grinding and, you know, you come out with something great. And then you have Pusha T, you know, just lyrically all over it, everywhere. And I loved it. For, for those of you who may not be very familiar with uh, the good music process, um, they do this thing where they essentially sequester themselves to some <laughs> random area and they they go into this cave and they make tons of music like it's not just oh Pusha T made a seven song album and he made seven songs in the past two years no Pusha T made two hundred songs in the past two years probably and then these are the best seven like this is the seven that he loved Kanye loved and everybody gets an input on it and that's actually what I love because it it produces the quality that we get every time you know what i mean it's not just oh we made a bunch of music let's just put it out in a bunch of mixtapes and everybody can hear everything no no no. this is what we want you to hear because this is the best we have to offer that's how it's supposed to be you're supposed to like trial and error until you get what you want exactly not just make everything in one sitting and then be like oh here's our album yep but i mean migos <laughs> what yeah did i just that's a weird cough that i had yeah but uh yeah you know um that going back to that interview uh that um Pusha T had on The Breakfast Club, you know, he talks about how him and Kanye went to, uh, I think the first place they went to was someplace in Utah. Mm-hmm. And it was like an eight-bedroom mansion and whatnot, he was saying. Yeah. And then the second trip that they took uh, was uh, in Wyoming, I want to say. Mm-hmm, it was. And, dude, these are places in the middle of nowhere. Like, who the hell lives in Utah <laughs> and Wyoming, right? Yeah. Like, we're so used to this whole New York-centered industry, you know, everything buzzing, everyone, you know, just constantly working and grinding. And... Um, he says that, you know, for him, you know, Pusha T himself at first, you know, he was a little disappointed when Kanye said, you know, we're going to do seven tracks, mm-hmm. right? And Push is like, yo, dude, seven, like what? Um, you know, I've been working, grinding for the past you know, two, three years, you know, just getting things out there. And, you know, it's, it's the mastermind that is Kanye. And 
uh, Pusha T at the end of the interview, he, you know, he, he leads on to, you know, upcoming projects and he says, you know, seven is seven is the number right now for Kanye and mm -hmm. Kanye wants seven songs that are perfection in yeah. all seven. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, you know, we, we love this type of music, right? Music that's going to be timeless. That's what we want. That's yeah. what we're looking for. Right. Um, like the Jay Z's of the world. And I think, um, this is a, a sliver of what's to come, what's to be expected from good music, and I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm excited for these drops. I know Nas is supposed to come soon. I oh know yeah, totally I'm, forgot. I am. Listen, I don't know. I don't know how, how many of our listeners are are old school hip hop fans. You don't need to be to appreciate Nas. Nas is Nas. Yeah, exactly. Nas, in my opinion, is the purest form of lyricism and writing, and just I, I he's my favorite rapper of all time. And so to get. To get an album from him in 2018, I am so excited, especially if it's going to be produced by Kanye. I, uh, it, it's just, yeah, I'm so excited for that. And uh, I know Tiana Taylor is supposed to drop. Um, I know, I think there's one other. Oh, yeah, Kanye. Kanye and Cudi album Kanye and Cudi, coming yeah. out. I'm excited for that. I'm excited, but I'm still, like, anxious. What is Kanye doing? Scoop-a-dee-poop-a-dee-poop. Like, Scoop-dee-poop-dee-poop. Yeah, I hope like, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, he just... He has his moments where sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I just hope, like, with some of these artists, like, with Kid Cudi, like, I want something really good from Kid Cudi. Mm -hmm. And uh, who else we say? Nas, like, I mean, but okay, Nas is smart enough not to, like, he's not gonna... He's not gonna give us... He's not gonna do something dumb. Yeah. But and not, that doesn't mean Kid Cudi will either, but just... I don't know. I sometimes I get skeptical about what, where Kanye is going with things. Yeah, and to be fair, Cuddy's been hit or miss on a lot of things uh, in his career. I know. I mean, we we were just listening to the masterpiece that is "Man on the Moon." Oh my God, um, amazing! Uh, Sile has the vinyl for that. Just so beautiful. Such a great album. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if Kid Cuddy can get back to those roots and really give us that emotional and deep deep music that he did, I'm all for it. Can't wait. And uh, I think on that note. Uh, we're going to end this here. Uh, it was a great time. Thank you for coming, Mayor. We really appreciate it, bro. Did you have a good time? Anytime, dude. Always yeah. appreciate people listening to me. Good stuff. <laughs> it's, uh, it's annoying, but uh, you know, maybe I'll come back again. We'll see what happens. I was just playing. You're not annoying, bro. You're all right. Uh, you can catch us on Apple Music. You can catch us on SoundCloud. Uh, all them good podcast all platforms. All that good stuff. We're going to have that new playlist up for you guys very, very soon. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. As always, I'm Rishi. Sahil. Mayor. Peace out. Signing off.